2: Look, the Fed's got a hard job. Uh, All of us have had the experience of taking a shower in some old hotel where there's a long lag between when you turn the faucet and when the temperature of the water changes. And when you're in that situation, you turn the faucet and you turn the faucet and nothing happens, and then all of a sudden you've scalded yourself. So it's a hard to control any system when your steering wheel is uh, operating with a lag.
3: Is the Trevor Carey Show Did you burn out the on the Valley's Power Talk? Would you, come my
2: way? You, do you, Mr. Secretary, believe the U.S. could enter a recession, and it's uh, substantially more likely than not that we're going to have a recession next year. Um when next year it will start I don't feel a confident uh view about but I think it's certainly way better than 50-50 that we will have a recession uh next year and when we have that recession no question about it unemployment
0: is uh going to uh go up unemployment up we're gonna see that That's former National Economic Council Director, former Secretary of the Treasury, also former founder, uh, former president of Harvard. That's Larry Summers there. And this is the guy that I get my economic prep for the show from. Why? Because he's been correct in his economic forecasting. When I was on this show in the spring and summer alerting you to the fact that inflation was not just transitory. Do you really think I have the education and knowledge to sit home on Saturday and Sunday and go over uh, all the financial numbers across America (laughs) uh, to make that prediction? No, but I I can read economists, and I can look around me and see what's transpiring, and I know enough to know that when you flood a nation with fake fiat-printed money, that is not a good thing, and that's exactly what we saw happen. That was Larry Summers. If you want to know what's going on, follow him. He doesn't have a political uh, pony in the race here. He just tells it like it is, and he did, and he said, quote, again, my guess is that the Fed will, in the end, have to suffer through a recession if we're going to bring inflation down. Inevitable, giving all this stimulus money that was provided to the economy in 2021. The supply shock that the economy suffered—how'd that happen? I'm trying Mayor to
2: Jerry. I don't want to get you in trouble out in Fresno, California. Yeah,
0: all that money that that went out. Here's what Larry Summers had to add. He said, "My guess is that we're going to have a recession that will not be especially mild as a recession." Well, isn't that in that encouragement? It's not even going to be a mild recession. Uh, what what right now could actually Biden do? <laughs> well. We can give you a whole list of 20 what what would you put number one that what biden could do right now say it out loud to yourself if nobody's around if somebody around say it out loud see see who agrees with larry summers here and uh, of course it's the number one thing that i would write down i would be energy remember with trump we were, we were rolling. Now with Biden, we're suffering. Of course, that's it because the the energy sector, no matter what it is, is affected by it. So, uh, Mr. Secretary, what if anything can the if Biden anything. administration do and the Federal Reserve do right now to avoid this recession you fear that could hit us next year?
2: I think the Fed has to do what it needs has to do what's necessary to contain inflation. I think the Biden administration could think about a range of measures to reduce costs, making it easier for energy companies to start drilling or (laughs) fracking uh, for oil and uh, natural gas, reducing uh, tariffs where that would mean lower prices and less inflationary pressure doing away with uh, regulations like the Jones Act, the rules about shipping that raise uh, prices
0: needlessly, for example, moving oil from Houston to Newark. Well, it sounds like former Energy Secretary there, Larry Summers, could have answered, blitzer from cnn real easily when he asked what could biden do did you hear wolf say if anything if anything uh but larry summers answered him and larry summers could have right out the shoot and said well wolf i'm gonna have to agree with sarah palin drill baby drill stop it stop it now i'm amazed at what's happening the economy of ag here in this valley that more local media is not a, a, a awakened to the fact aware of the fact that well maybe they are and they don't i don't know maybe they don't get it but there is some kind of insidious movement uh i i call what they done with water sinister now it's getting insidious this anti-food people uh they're coming for the valley yes anti-food people that's exactly what they should be called anti-food people And that's called the United Nations. That's called any government agency that uses the word sustainability. You know what sustainability means to them? Getting rid of your uh, fertilizer. Your nitrogen-based fertilizer. Why bad for the bad for the system? Bad for the bad for the Green New Deal. Bad for Build Back Better. Bad for the Great Reset. Uh, bad for us humans is what it's going to be. And I'm glad Congressman-elect John Duarte, a farmer, understands this. Hopefully, he can awaken Congress to this attack that's going on in our food. Uh, they're doing it around the world. They're trying to – this is a Reuters article. It said the European Union is divided on how to help poorer nations fight a growing food crisis and address shortages of fertilizer – it, they're still blaming Putin and Russia. Uh, they're they're already they're paying them to get rid of their fertilizer. Oh, oh, really? They're not. Well, instead of Biden, actually, and, and not just Biden, but Western governments supporting energy production in Africa, just like you heard Larry Summers say, he needs to do here to help the economy. You think you would be wanting to do that in Africa? Uh, that you know would lead to like uh, more crops, more food. That's a good thing. But no, here's what Biden's doing. Uh, they're restricting food. Why? Climate change. He's sending them food subsidies because of of climate change. Biden announced together we're going to leverage the public and private sectors along with developmental banks, and we're going to invest in sustainable and resilient food systems to prevent food shocks before they happen to, there's that word sustainable, sustainability uh, this is leftism on display. They, they, would, they would still have the power to control the, the world right now if it weren't for actually people I would think uh, in America standing up to this and uh, I think we're starting to realize that globalism is, is dangerous and they would rather send them subsidies uh, to pay for the food shortages by getting rid of the fertilizer. It's what they're doing it's what they did in Sri Lanka Uh, this is globalism man this is a this is how important build back better all of this actually is to them and you you do need to keep watching this very closely because again all jobs depend on ag and you see anything about sustainability and they'll keep burying this just like they'll bury right now we got a major cold front coming into america also europe cold right now this is the cold time Remember what we were talking about the cold time uh europe is way ahead of us or uh, they sprinted a little bit ahead of us us with the with the green energy concepts and how is that all working out right now uh, they're rationing electricity there are now power outages there's ten dollar a gas a gallon for gas and actually the uh, german government is encouraging to use candles for lights and burning wood for heating purposes and you know what? What Germany is shuffling around right now? Doing? They're reopening their closed-down nuclear power plants to avoid blackouts. Predicted. Predicted. The government in France is now warned of shortages this winter. Paris. The what's? What are they known for? The city of lights. That always reminds me. We need the home of corn nuts on the welcome to Fresno sign. Paris, the city of lights. I wish I. Spoke French, so I could say, you may now have to turn off the lights. They're turning the lights off in Paris. It's all because they've gone green. It's going to be a long, cold winter. The officials in Paris have said power outages. Uh, They need to reduce consumption of electricity by up to 38%. Wait, 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 there's more. The French government said it's working alongside the Ministry of Education to develop plans to close schools in the morning because of the cold, and they're being impacted by rolling blackouts. When I say we're going to go back to the Fred Flintstone era, if this is implemented, here we go. And this is a preview. And instead of it being cold, imagine it being sweltering hot here in California. Uh, Well, it's it's been cold here. I sent my friend back in Warsaw, New York. It was 30 in Fresno, and it was 30 in Warsaw, New York. I took screenshots of the temperatures and sent it to him. Uh, His response back to me? Well, at least you have an orange tree in your backyard. That was. See, they think California is, well, it is beautiful, and it is all that. It's just a screwed-up government uh, that's going to lead us dr- right down the path of screwed-up government Germany. Remember Trump warned them. They laughed at him. They laughed in German. I don't know how is that. <laughs> that's, uh, right now, they're having to switch back to coal. Yeah, they've, they, uh, they declared war on natural gas, just like California is going to be doing. Uh, every new appliance, any new has to be built with electric, January 1, no more gas. Gas is so much better to cook on, right? I haven't had a gas stove, and I don't remember it. Well, I guess 2015, if I remember correctly, yeah, or 13, yeah. But it's been a long time since I've had a gas No more. No more of those. And anything new that's built. And any new houses that are built have to have solar, and they have to have an electric charging station. This is a uh, a takeover of capitalism uh, by this, this state government here, and they're going to go right back to the dark ages. Uh, you think in Switzerland, they announced they're going to ban the use of electric cars for non-essential journeys. Why? Because they don't have the power for you to power up your electric cars. But they're saying, take the train to shop for groceries. And then they admitted the train service may also be disrupted. Uh, we're going to go back to the equestrians and the pedestrians. The rich people will have half horses, and us pedestrians will just be walking. That's not all. They're also drawing up plans for dealing with blackouts. They're going to reduce store hours by up to two hours per day. Heating systems, this is in, this is in Switzerland. Heating systems in nightclubs are to be turned off, and other buildings that are deemed essential cannot be heated to more than 68 degrees. Sports stadiums, they said in Switzerland, could be closed. Boy, this is this is reality. And when I say it's a it's a preview of what they're doing here, uh, it is. They're just a little bit, little bit ahead of us, right? In the name of saving the planet. And we know what Biden's doing and these green groups here. You know, they look over to Europe. That's a model for, for America biden said at the climate conference in egypt that he wants the u.s to sprint ahead of the europeans on climate control so go ahead there joe speed us right over the cliff and it's right in front of us and we see the cliff coming up you know what this biden administration is saying faster 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 Well, let's go let's get over that cliff it's winter time you know how i can tell when it gets warm in my house i cut the heat off back in november i did that just to get the chill out of the air but 15 20 minutes after you cut the heat off now you're like it's cold again we got major cold hitting america to make us feel warm when i give you these temps next this is the
3: trevor carey show on the valley's power talk The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk.
0: Oh yeah, it's winter and I guess it should be. Let's see, uh, we're two days away from the shortest day of the year. December 21st, right? I think that is, right? In June 21st, the summer equinox where it's the longest day of the year well as soon as we hit december 21st in two days every day after that will be just a little bit longer so uh that's the shortest day it's cold and a big old front and i guess that's not a big deal unless we live in the climate change kind of world everybody blows up the weather but you know as humans that's what we love to talk about right uh right when you talk to people well what's the weather like there right uh, anytime we love to talk about the weather, I love to talk about the weather. I think at, at age nine or 10, I wanted to be a weatherman. I think uh, I don't think I, I did get, uh, I don't remember if it was birthday or Christmas, but I got a weather kit. You know, back when kids had things like that, where we could burn down the house with a wood burning set or, or blow up the house with a. What, what were those uh, scientific kits? What was the name of them? I'm trying to think. Where you could mix things up at home and uh i saw a thing that uh, all the explosions and you, you can't buy those anymore and i can't remember why can't i think of what the name of it is uh not yeah but I, I remember i had a wood burning thing a wood burning that thing would get so hot and you could burn into uh into wood and and all of that uh, okay there went a squirrel let's see let me look at some of the temperatures my uh my son who's stationed in the air force uh, up in Great Falls, let's see on Christmas. Let's see uh, next high for the next three days is going to be negative eleven. That's the that's the high, and they're talking about oh it's now negative twelve on Thursday. The high is going to be negative fourteen, and the low is negative twenty five. I uh, ha ha! That is, that's cold. But by let's see christmas day sunday the high is going to be 42. (laughs) that that's quite a quite a swing right uh let's say 50 let's see okay if it was a 53 degree a high today is 50 imagine on christmas day if it was like 103 or something Uh, that's the big swing of temperature change that's going on but it's it's cold around america and uh, to everybody, their own what they're used to cold being will make you say it's cold. I remember moving back from, from New York State back to the Valley here in 2015. And that was February, March. In the apartments I lived in in Modesto, there was a pool. And nobody, they, they were like, you're going to, I'm like, yeah, the sun's out. Uh, 58 degrees felt warm to me coming from back there, especially February, March. And, but it only took me, a, I don't know, maybe a year or two years to, to acclimate back to uh, putting a, a, a hoodie on and not sitting by the pool when it was 58 degrees. Not that I was out there with just shorts and no shirt on, but I had a good tan going because i go out there and show prep by the pool and I was the only one doing it because it felt warm to me. I don't ever... Uh, and I've said this many times on the air, uh, that uh, you you don't ever hear me complaining about the heat. I haven't ever, it's so hot, I'm so tired of this heat. You never hear me because I said, dear Lord above, and I'm in it. I said, get me out of this cold, and I won't complain about the heat ever again. Uh, So I I, I wish I could uh, live up to all my other promises like I have with not complaining about the heat. But I can say I am looking forward to the longer days again Uh the, the time changing and all that and with daylight savings time it's kind of hard for me to keep track what was the old way and what's the new way uh, my parents in arizona they don't change so half the year it's seven o'clock at night here and there and then half the year it's eight o'clock at night there and uh, not here i know there's a uh, there there's reasonings for this and you do have people with that live on the far, I would say, the far west side of whatever time zone that they're in, especially the east, uh, eastern time zone. If you live right on the edge of eastern time zone and central time zone, it will be light until 10 o'clock at night in the summer, or even maybe some places even a, a little bit later. Now, I would actually like that. I would think that would be uh, rather enjoyable. But it is good this time of the year to have a... Uh, a a cold feeling around christmas i remember the first year that we moved from tennessee to california doing the long distance phone calls on christmas day you know we couldn't facetime and go hi look at the sun out here but they couldn't believe we were outside barbecuing and uh, on christmas day in california that was the california of the 1900s what a comeback year in major college football history, the biggest turnaround. And we witnessed it. He announced it. We're going to talk to the voice of Fresno State Athletics, Mr. Paul Leffler. He's coming up next. This
3: is the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. You're listening to The Trevor Carey Show
0: on the Valley's Power Talk. What a season. What a display of encouragement for anybody out there. And I'll tell you, the Valley needed that. It's been a long time since it's really been some good news coming down uh, for all of us at the same time. And he voiced all that good news. Well, not so much at the start of the season, but there was a lot of good news after they were one and four. The voice of Fresno State Athletics, Paul Loeffler, Are you courtside somewhere around America, or are you back in the Valley?
1: Uh, Courtside tomorrow in Bakersfield when the Bulldog basketball team gets back on the floor. But, uh, no, I'm sitting here in beautiful Fresno today, and uh, you're right, Trevor. The community did need that, I think that's the big takeaway from this year is the rejuvenation and re-energizing of the relationship between Fresno State and the Red Wave. This has been a special, special year, thanks to a special...
3: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know
0: this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino.
3: They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each
0: week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4Patriots.com slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4Patriots.com slash on the right, that's 4Patriots, the number 4,
1: com slash on the right. Coaching staff and a special group of players.
0: Now, I, I was surprised. Well, I guess I shouldn't have been, but it sounded like a home game down there in L.A. with the Bulldogs beating Washington State in the L.A., Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, so did the game in Vegas, and... You know, a few other games this year, Fresno State does have the red wave. They do travel. That's not just a legend. That's something that the fan base got a chance to prove in such a spectacular way, and I don't think the bowl scenario could have unfolded any better. I mean, this is just an ideal scenario. You're in a $5 billion stadium that just uh, hosted the Super Bowl, is about to host the College Football National Championship. It's a a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour drive, From Fresno, even closer for parts of the South Valley, uh, on a Saturday afternoon against a Pac 12 team on ABC. It was just, it was a perfect storm, and the Bulldogs showed up. And, you know, it could have been a missed opportunity where they had all those opportunities and didn't maximize it, but they absolutely maximized it. They made it count, and I'm sure people around the country are paying attention.
0: What was your take of SoFi? I mean, I remember Cowboy Stadium. I don't know what they call it these days. But when they built that new stadium for the Dallas Cowboys, that that scoreboard was big just for a few years. The one at SoFi, describe it, Paul.
1: You know, it almost defies description and explanation. It's so beyond what you expect in a stadium. I mean, you can get lost in there. Uh, It has everything (laughs) you want, that video board. It's something else. The sound system is out of this world. Uh, but And it still has the natural light coming in. You can feel the outside air. It's just it's a real unique environment. It's pretty special. And, you know, I, they're saying that of those 32,000 fans there, maybe even more than 25,000 of them were Bulldog fans. And, and that doesn't surprise me. But, you know, for the people who didn't get a chance to go to this one, I hope Fresno State plays in that game again. It was just a real special opportunity for the fan base.
0: Yeah, and uh, I read today Fresno B had some stats here that average season attendance thirty nine thousand, leading the Mountain West, and that was a five percent increase over the past five seasons.
1: Yeah, and, and almost the best in you know the non Power Five schools across the country, and that's a, a better number than many of the Power Five schools had, and. That's also a part of what this team did this year. I'm convinced. You know, if the fans don't show up for that home game against San Jose State, and it was homecoming and Devontae Adams was here, I get that, but the fans still had a choice, and the fans chose to show up, and then the team showed up, and they showed up every step of the way, the rest of the way. And I really think, Trevor, like somebody could argue with me and and come up with their own perspective, but I've been around a lot of teams at Fresno State, And the last time in my mind that there was a team that forged this real and deep and genuine connection with the fan base, it was the baseball team winning the national championship in 2008. That's how big of an impression this team made. And I think part of it is just the journey they were on, how the season looked lost and they refused to let it go, Uh, the character of these guys, the personality. This is just a team that Bulldog fans love to love. So on on one hand, it's kind of sad to see this season end. On the other, you're saying, okay, what can we do? What kind of opportunity can you create for these fans to show their love to the players? You know, can can you get the team in a room somewhere, maybe the Save Mart Center, for an hour or so, where you know some of these main guys can get the love from the fans and be introduced and share from their hearts about what it meant to be a Bulldog. I think something like that would be really cool. Maybe we can work it out with one of the basketball games coming up. Like, you know, January 3rd, they're hosting a New Mexico team that's unbeaten. There should be a big crowd for that anyway. I don't know. That's not my job to figure it out, but I know there are some people who are probably mulling over ideas like that. I just think this community is ready to really celebrate a very special team, and and it's a team that we're going to be remembering. Like any Bulldog fan who made that trip is going to remember December 17th, 2022 for a long, long time.
0: He's the voice of Fresno State Athletics. My guest is Paul Leffler. And, Paul, we, we spoke Pac-12 back before the start of the season. I didn't bring it up with you all year long because we're focused on this year's season. But I asked you before the season started, is this an audition season? I think you said, yeah, sort of, yeah, that it would be. And uh, I guess it was. Lead us into that thought.
1: Well, it, it has been. And that game was the epitome of it, right? You're playing a Pac-12 school. In the best stadium in the country, on national TV, and you know if you're if this is an audition, you pass with flying colors because you brought uh, a small city with you in terms of fans, and then I'm sure they brought a good television audience and they put on a great performance. So they check the, a lot of boxes.
0: Before you continue on with that, let's. Let, I just want to let people know that USC and UCLA exiting the Pac-12. And is that a year from now we got one more season of them in?
1: Right, one more season. They'll be in the Pac-12 for 2023, but then in 2024, they will be gone to the Big Ten.
0: And that's two slots opening up?
1: At, at least two, right? It, because we don't know if anyone else is going to leave. And so you have 10 schools who, for now, are still part of it, but are they really loyal to each other? Are they going to stick together like Lou? Or are some of them going to jump for other opportunities? You know, there's been speculation. Maybe the Big Ten will offer a couple of them. The Big Twelve has had its eyes on teams like Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado and uh, Utah. So, you know, you could see them rob the Pac-12 a little bit. And some people think the Pac-12 won't even be around. So, I mean, there's any number of ways that this could go down. But whether it's the Pac-12 or the Big Twelve, Trevor, because the Pac-12 is more obvious geographically. But the Big 12, which, if it added West Coast teams, would be a literal coast-to-coast conference, it has schools that are more similar to Fresno State academically. Now, you know, that's a double-edged sword. Do you want to stay where you are academically? Do you identify as, hey, this is who we are, the degrees we offer now? Would you like to be more of a research university and offer more doctoral degrees? If so then maybe the Pac-12 is, is a pathway to doing that. But with the Big 12, a lot of these universities are very similarly you know, situated. They're in similar kind of towns. Hey, Paul, Paul, Paul,
0: Paul! I hate to interrupt you. we got a really loud sound uh, on. We're going to hang up and call you right back here. Sorry, that was just uh, out of nowhere. Came in a... Uh, shh. So we'll have Agent Squires reach back. USC, UCLA exiting the, the Pac-12, going to the Big 10 with the two slots that are... He said maybe more. And then he even said the Pac-12 could just go away and become the the Big 12. This transfer portal, I think, changes so much of the equation that has been going on because, you know, let's move this team here based on their roster and all of that. And then uh, suddenly the transfer portal. I, I'm glad the Fresno State guy stuck and actually played the game. There were transfer portal guys that actually for Washington State that uh, did not want to play. Uh, Paul, I was uh, sounds clear now. Good, thank you. Why, why would you say it could be more than two slots in the Pac-12 if it does stay around?
1: Well, because the Pac-12 may lose more teams, and so then they have more to backfill. Um, there, there's a lot of different ways it could go. So, you know, they could – try to get back to 12 they may be looking to go to 14 or 16 and and as i was saying you know the big 12 is equally plausible some would say more so because the profile of those schools more fits what fresno state has been um and there are some good schools in the big 12 it's an excellent basketball conference it's proven this year it's still solid in football even though texas and oklahoma are leaving so uh, and the fact that there's two different conferences that have possibilities Uh, may put you in a situation where there's leverage to be exerted, right? Where you're desirable to one conference and now the other one has eyes on you too. So that could definitely be a factor. But now that the decision last week of the UC Regents saying, no, we're not going to block UCLA's move to the Big Ten and that's full speed ahead, I think we're going to start to see more dominoes fall. And the first one will be the Pac-12 working out its new media rights agreement, its television contract, and – you know, I think that's going to happen in the next couple months, um, at least the next several months. And so, you know, one thing triggers an avalanche of the next five things. And, and we'll see what that first domino of the fall is.
0: I heard you say Fresno State would uh, team up better academically, meaning all the doctorate degrees that maybe we don't have. That might, But doesn't it really come down to the TV market size? Is it, in the, I think you, that's what you said back at the first of the season.
1: Well, that's a huge factor, Trevor. There's no getting around that. And, you know, this is a good market, and it's a growing market, so it's trending in the right direction. But, you know, there is some degree of, I don't know what you'd call it, provinciality maybe, um, with schools that are currently in the Pac-12 that look at Fresno State and say, well, they don't offer uh, the, the number of doctoral degrees. They're not this level of research university and there are rankings for that, there are metrics, so so they look down their nose and say, no, you're not good enough academically to be in the conference, whereas if you look at Fresno State, you know, as we know living here, we know there are, you know, some metrics that reflect very favorably on Fresno State academically, and certainly the alumni that have come through this, not just in athletics, but in all, you know, areas, uh, speak very highly and reflect very well on the Fresno State legacy, but that is, you know, when you're, When the decision is voted on by school presidents who are very much operating in the academic realm, then the academic qualifications and the perception of their academic quality uh, certainly becomes a factor, too.
0: All right, Paul, uh, next season, we'll just say, starts today. Refresh me on some of the bigger names that are coming back as long as they don't jump in that portal I don't like.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think this speaks really highly of the culture that Jeff Tedford has created here with his stellar coaching staff and, and just the priorities, because Trevor, you know, this is a me, me, me world. And the transfer portal is all about me, me, me. But I think it's a real testament to who coach Tedford is that this team stayed together. It didn't splinter into a bunch of guys going in their own directions. They pulled together as a team. And that is a little bit of an anachronism in college football, these days. But Coach Tedford is sincere. His players get that. And he only had three players enter the transfer portal. You won't find too many schools around college football who could say that. Uh, That said, there may be some joining Fresno State from the transfer portal that can certainly help. The big question is going to be quarterback. I think if you look at this season, the huge difference in the second half of the season was the improvement on the defensive side of the ball. And the encouraging thing for Bulldog fans is that Almost everybody, from a starter perspective on defense, has the chance to come back next year. You know, David Perales was a warrior. He's out of eligibility, and they will definitely miss him. Evan Williams could go pro, but he could also come back. And that, I think, will be a big, you know, pivotal decision to follow, how he handles that. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, you need to identify the next quarterback. Logan Fife got some valuable experience this year. They have a young man already in the program they recruited last year. He's highly regarded and Joshua Wood. And I would be surprised if we didn't see someone joining the program from the transfer portal to compete in the spring for that quarterback job. So that's probably the biggest plot line to follow. But the whole offensive line is eligible to return, and they played great against Washington State. You have some returning running backs and some recruited running backs, including Devin Rivers, whose brother Ronnie broke his dad Ron's records here at Fresno State. So now there's yet another Rivers that's going to be in that backfield. I mean, I could go on and on, Trevor. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to get excited about for the future.
0: Well, Paul, when you win, they some people come by and start picking off assistant coaches. Does the coaching staff look solid next year?
1: Yeah, you know, they did lose their offensive line coach to Arizona State, so Saga Turuteli did not coach in the bowl game. But Matt Smith, who was a great Bulldog center, had been assisting on that unit all year, and, and that O-line played phenomenally against Washington State. I don't know if they'll promote Matt to that job or they'll be looking at some other names. But I I think that's the beauty of a coaching staff that has been there and done that and knows what matters. You have a bunch of guys who want to be in Fresno. I mean, the defensive coordinator, Kevin Coyle, he's been a D.C. in the NFL. He's been everywhere, but he wants to be here. John Baxter, special teams, same thing. You know, you go down the line with position coaches. You have former Bulldogs coaching defensive line, and linebacker, and secondary with Franklin and Skipper and Williams. So you have high-quality coaches who don't want to be anywhere else but Fresno. So I think that's the antidote for that transitory nature of college football assistant coaches is put together a staff the way Coach Tedford did. There'll be some guys who probably get some offers, and I'd keep an eye on Kirby Moore, the offensive coordinator. They're definitely, because of his success and his age, he's very young, there'll be some teams that are trying to promote him, trying to give him a raise and steal him away. But he's a very grounded young man as well, and, and I expect to see him back around next year. So I, I think they're in pretty good shape in terms of assistant coach retention.
0: Now, they say no question's a stupid question, but this one probably is. But I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Uh, coaches, they, they, no transfer portal for coaches.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a free agent market, right? So anybody can come in. I mean, that's how Kalen DeBoer went to Indiana. You know, they, they paid him a lot more than he would get paid here. And that was an issue that Pat Hill dealt with throughout his 15 years as the head coach. He was always punished by his success because uh, schools would come in and say, hey, this guy got it done at Fresno State. He can definitely get it done for us. And they paid him a lot more than they were making here. So that that's the factor. It's not a transfer portal, but it's the same effect. It's, it's called know, capitalism. It.
0: Capitalism.
1: There you go. That's what
0: it is. <laughs> well, I, I would say probably what? Your number one most exciting football season to ever call?
1: You know, that's a good question, Trevor, because there have been some doozies, right? And in 2013 with Derek Carr in the long run of being undefeated and selling out the stadium every game and Devontae Adams putting on a show, that was really special. And Coach Tedford's championship in 2018 after all the drama with Boise State and the way that season finished, that was magical. But I do think, I mean, I'll I'll go back to it. I think that this team made a deeper, more genuine connection with the community than any Fresno State football team I've been around. And I think that says something about the adversity that they had to navigate through, how relatable that is to so many people's lives, and and just the, the characters that are on this team. And let's not forget, you also had a unique situation where a lot of these main players have been around the program for so long. You know, This you never had six-year seniors before, right? But this team did because of COVID and the eligibility and all that. So people knew these players for longer than that team in 2018. And, and so the relationship had more time to grow. But I, I just think a lot of it is, is who these guys are, what they're about. The character of this team is what people are going to remember for a long, long time.
0: That's a good point there, that uh, they had a lot uh, longer time to – Uh, blend in with the community to get that attachment and it was and Paul you were part of that man thank you uh, for all the time and all the insight you would give us before and after these games we uh, appreciate it and hope your voice gets to take a little break here soon
1: (laughs) well I I should be okay till basketball tomorrow night but Trevor yeah thanks for having me on and what a privilege it is to you know to relay the information to the red wave to try to be their eyes and ears And, and what a blessing to Saddle Up every week with Pat Hill and Cam Warrell. They, they know the game like nobody's business. They love the Valley. They love the program. And I know people can hear that on the radio, and, and that is part of it. right? You can't Those fake you can't
0: chemistry. Games, right? You can't fake it. You can't fake chemistry. No. no.
1: And, and you can't fake uh, authenticity, no matter what P.T. Barnum said, right? I think people really know when you're sincere and you're genuine, and that's what makes me proud to live in the Valley. That's who we are. And this year's football team was a representation of that in a very powerful way.
0: Paul Leffler, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you, Paul. Have a very merry, merry Christmas.
3: This is the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk.
0: What a full Monday already uh, from K 9s with the Fresno Police Department to Fresno State winning the bowl game in San Bernardino County. They look like we, some smart minded folks down there. They voted to study the possibility of succeeding from California. The county approved the advisory ballot proposal, which was voted upon in November. We need to get that on our ballot for the next election. To secede from from California. The uh they actually in San Bernardino, if you're going like, well, what happened to that? Did it all turn Trump red down there as well? No, the uh Democrats outnumber Republicans by 12 plus points in San Bernardino County. So we can pull that off here. The San Bernardino Board of Supervisors next step is to form a committee that will study if state and federal public funds were fairly distributed with local governments within the county. They said many were irate over the state's covid policies uh Newsom lost San Bernardino County by five points in the November uh election look at look at that right there uh Republicans outnumber Repo- uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans by 12 points and Newsom lost San Bernardino County is the largest uh in the United States county uh I remember it went all the way up to almost Ridge- to Ridgecrest like San Bernardino County and Kern County, way up that high. It's the fifth most populous county in California. It has uh, two million folks in it. So uh, they're going to secede from the union (laughs) of of California. Uh, It's going to require approval from Democrat state legislature and and Congress. Uh, It could happen. You never know. Uh, They're probably mad about the ban on gas appliances starting January one all-electric rule. thats that is just ridiculous? We'll talk more about the new rules coming up in uh, 2023 on tomorrow's show, but I think we need to call this Open Wide. Here comes a taste of your own medicine. Before Elon Musk bought Twitter, remember all the journalists, they uh, would dox people, give out their address or locations, right, so they could harass and threaten them? Elon Musk said no more. Accounts got suspended. You don't hear the left anymore going, isn't it a private company? They can do whatever they want. Next.
3: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? Lucky?